sorry, I was just smelling the most delicious smelling flowers I have ever smelt. I've been sent them by this very lovely and clever man called Freddy to celebrate my third series on everything under the sun. In fact, he has a company called Freddy's Flowers. They deliver boxes a bit like this one every week with seasonal fresh flowers. This year I treated myself and my grandma to a weekly box of Freddy's Flowers, which has been such a brilliant thing to put us in a good mood in the morning to find them on the doorstep. And it's not just beautifully curated flowers that Freddy sets. Each box comes with fantastic information about each flower in the selection, as well as a guide to how to style them, so you can arrange them like a proper florist. It's really satisfying. They also arrive in bud straight from the growers, so the flowers last for ages. You can watch them bloom and they'll keep you happy every day of the week. You can, of course, have total flexibility about when you get a delivery. You can skip a week easily or cancel, so just give yourself a floral treat and try out Freddy's flowers. If you'd like to try a box of sunshine, you can use the code under the sun. That will give you everything under the sun listeners your first two boxes of flowers for 50% off, which is brilliant. So why not treat yourself to two boxes for 50% off and see if you like them? I'm sure that you will. I really do. They're brilliant. Just use the code under the sun today for 50% off for two boxes. Enjoy the flowers. The website is freddysflowers.com and the code is under the sun. Bye. welcome to the second episode of the third series of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. Thank you so much for sending me your wonderful questions this week, which I've loved listening to. I'm really excited to get answering them. Welcome to any new listeners too. I'm so happy you're here and thank you for being part of everything under the sun. And thank you to your grown-up who may well have put this podcast on for you. I've loved seeing the wonderful reaction to everything under the sun, the book. I've been out and about in bookshops signing books, doing readings for children and meeting real-life booksellers. And honestly, seeing real books in children's hands and hearing the conversations each question and answer has started up has been really, really inspiring and fun. I'm so glad you're all enjoying Everything Under the Sun, the book. And thank you to everyone who has bought one for their home or for a friend. Everything Under the Sun, a curious question for every day of the year is a big, beautiful book illustrated by 12 really brilliant artists. So it's filled with colour and your questions. 366 questions to be exact. That's a child's question answered for every single day of the year. You can get it in the UK, Australia, New Zealand and elsewhere. You can get it online. It's coming out in America soon and it's being translated into Mandarin and Dutch right now. If you haven't got a copy yet, do go and find one. I hope you'll love it. Lots of children have been opening it and turning to their birthday to read the question and answer for their birthday. My birthday is the 30th of November, so my question is, why do we make art? Which is an excellent question, and when I've done it at readings, we've had really good chats about why we make art. 
So do send me pictures of you with the book when you get one. I'm Instagram at Molly Oldfield writes. Now on with the show. We're starting off this week with a really, really important question. It comes from Matilda. It's about a more serious matter than we often tackle on everything under the sun. I thought it was such an important question and so thoughtful of Matilda that I really wanted to make sure I found someone excellent to answer it. It's about refugees. It comes from Matilda. Over to Matilda. Hi Molly, my name is Matilda. I'm eight years old and I like playing with my sister. We've been giving some of our belongings to the refugees from Afghanistan. But my question is... How did they become refugees? Bye! Well, Matilda, thank you so much for your incredibly thoughtful question. And well done for donating your clothes to refugees. That's such an excellent thing to do. I hope you're very proud of yourself. To answer your question, I have a very, very excellent person called Clarissa Ward. She's a journalist and she reports about things going on in the world on television for CNN News. She's incredibly brave and even though she's a mummy, she goes to places in the world that are experiencing lots of problems, even wars. And recently she's been in Afghanistan filming and talking about the big things happening there. She has direct experience experience of why people from Afghanistan have become refugees. So she's the perfect person to answer your question. Over to Clarissa. Hi Matilda, thank you so much for your really thoughtful and important question about why there are Afghan refugees at the moment. My name is Clarissa and I'm a journalist. I'm a TV news reporter for CNN and I spend a lot of time in Afghanistan. So I hope I can help answer your question. The first thing to know is that there's been war and fighting in Afghanistan for many decades. There was a horrible civil war there for years in the mid 1990s. And basically the fighting has continued ever since. Recently, it's gotten really bad because a group called the Taliban took over the country just as the Americans were leaving the country. The Taliban have a reputation for being very strict and they're very religious and they're not very nice to women. They didn't let girls go to school when they were in power and they controlled the country in the late 90s. They didn't let women go to work. And so now you have a lot of people in Afghanistan who are really afraid that the Taliban might punish them because maybe they worked with the Americans when the Americans were there or that the Taliban isn't going to let their daughters go to school. And so a lot of people are trying to get out of the country because they're really fearful for their own security. And one thing that is really important for you to understand is that in my experience covering wars in Afghanistan and Syria and Iraq, People don't choose to leave their own country. They don't want to go and start a new life in a new place where they don't have family, where maybe they don't speak the language. People only become refugees when they really have no other choice, when they really are so scared for their security, so frightened for the future of their children that they think the only solution is to try to get to a new country and start a new life. So with that in mind, I just want to say thank you for donating your clothes to Afghan refugees. These people need all the help that they can get 
to start their new lives in a new country and it's very thoughtful of you to help them out and thank you again for your question Matilda bye Thank you so much, Clarissa, for your excellent answer and how lucky you are, Matilda, that you can go to school without even thinking about it. Imagine living in Afghanistan and as a girl, you wouldn't even be allowed to go to school at the moment. You can quite understand why some people are thinking of leaving the country or trying to get out in order to give their children a better life. So I'm very glad that you asked that question, Matilda, and thank you, Clarissa, for your brilliant answer. Thank you for being so brave and going into war zones to tell the stories of people living in such frightening situations and for talking to us about refugees and why they need all the help they can get. If you ever meet anyone who was a refugee, do ask them their story and remember what a difficult journey they must have had leaving their home to come to our country or your country to start a new life. It's very important that we think about what people have been through and give them all the support we can. Now, Clarissa has written a book called On All Fronts, The Education of a Journalist, about her experiences working as a news reporter all over the world. It's not for children, of course, but if you'd like to win a signed copy for your parents, all you have to do is imagine your news reporter and send me a little clip, a short one, maybe like 10 seconds, just telling me about a piece of news that happened recently in your neighbourhood, your school, or your home. Maybe your dog has gone missing, or your teacher's had her hair cut, or somebody wore a really funny pair of trousers to school. Just tell me your name and your age, and your little news report, and I'll play the best ones on next week's show, and pick somebody lucky to win a copy of Clarissa's book on all fronts, the education of a journalist for your grown-up to enjoy. So get recording and send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Good luck, everyone. Now, since we were talking about Matilda giving her clothes to a charity that helps refugees, I thought we could answer a question about clothes. I have one here that comes from Ben. Over to Ben. Hi Molly, my name is Ben and I am five years old. I live in London and I love skiing and ice cream. My question is, when did people start wearing clothes? Hi Ben, that's a really good question with a very interesting answer. Now clothes don't turn into fossils like plants and animals. So we can't find out for sure when early humans started wearing clothes, which would have been animal furs and skins at first. All of the very, very old clothes that humans wore have been lost in time. However, people who study our human history are called anthropologists, and how they work out when clothes first came about are by looking at fossilised lice. Isn't that strange? What they saw is that head lice and lice that live in dirty clothes separated and became two different species around 170,000 years ago. So anthropologists think that must be when early humans started wearing clothes. As soon as there were clothes, then special lice appeared to start living in them. How funny is that? Maybe early humans started wearing clothes when they started having less natural hair to keep them warm. 
So they were less hairy and felt a bit more cold and then started wrapping themselves up in fur and skin like clothes to keep them warm. Being able to make clothes out of bits of fur stitched together helped humans move to new lands, where before it would have been too cold. Clothes as decoration may have started about 30,000 years ago. They were probably made out of flax, which you could use to make linen. This kind of flax linen has been found in a cave in Georgia, where humans once lived. So maybe these people were making a new kind of cloth out of linen. Humans probably decorated themselves with colour before they wore clothes. And in many places in the world, they still do. I hope that answers your question, Ben, and thank you for sending it in. Now, last week's episode was all about the god Apollo, and we had Stephen Fry on the show. I asked any of you who would like to win a copy of Everything Under the Sun, my new book full of all of your questions, beautifully illustrated, to just sit and think about the gods and their superpowers. And tell me, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Would it be invisibility? Strength power? How about knowing what everyone's thinking power? Here are your entries, your superpowers that you would love to have. Hi Molly, my name is Beatrot. I'm six years old. I like design technology. And if I could have a superpower, it would be staring hard at litter and then it's getting invisible and going to the closest bin. Bye! My name is Miles. I'm seven and three quarters. And my superpower would be to walk through solid things. Hi Molly, I'm Aureliana and I'm seven years old. I would like to have a cheetah superpower because then I could see for miles and miles and I wouldn't have to go in the car anymore because I could just run. Hi Molly, I'm Annex. I'm four years old and I live in England. And my superpower is to dive underwater and explore in the sea with a penguin and I want to do it and I want to do it because I want to explore bye Molly thanks hello my name is Elodie and I'm seven years old if I could have a superpower it would be to pick up fresh fish from the ocean and turn it into useful things so that animals won't get hurt. Bye Molly. Hello, my name is Joni and I'm five and I like cats. Um, my superpower that I would like to be is the everything power. Oh, they are all so brilliant. I loved hearing which superpowers you'd like to have. I think the one I would like most myself is to be able to explore the oceans with a penguin. I'd also love to run like a cheetah so I didn't need a car. That's such a great idea. Or invisibility, or walking through solid things. And of course, everything power would be pretty handy. They're all so good. Thank you for sending them in. As the two winners, I've chosen Beergot and Elodie because they've come up with superpowers that help the world and nature. I love the idea of superpowers that clean up our planet. 
So a copy of Everything Under the Sun, the book, is on its way to each of you. You'll find them dropping through your letterbox very soon, so I hope you love them. For everyone else, I hope a grown-up is really kind and buys you a copy. If you like, I can send you a signed booklet with your name on it, signed by me, the little message to stick inside your copy. If you send me your address, I can pop one in the post to you. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you love your books. And now for our final question, which is a fun little question to finish off with. It comes from Octavia, and it's a very good one. Over to Octavia. Hello, my name is Octavia, and I'm six years old. My question is, why are daddy long legs called daddy long legs? Because if you find a mummy daddy long legs, why aren't they called mummy long legs? Thank you, bye! Hi Octavia, thanks for your great question. I keep finding daddy long legs around my house at the moment, do you? Is that what gave you the idea for your question? It's a good one. Well, we don't know exactly why they're called daddy long legs. Of course, the long legs part of their name is obvious. They have long, thin legs. But why daddy? And why not mummy? No one knows why they got the daddy bit of their name. It's very strange, but it seems to have stuck. However, I think if you see one and you think it must be a girl, you can just call it Mummy Longlegs if you like. I think I'm going to do that from now on, thanks to you, Octavia. They do have other names like Harvestmen and Shepherd Spiders, and their scientific name is Opileonis, as people have linked them with a good harvest season. Or maybe they look a little bit like shepherds on stilts. You'll find them on every continent except Antarctica. But they do really seem to love my house. There are around 10,000 different species of daddy longlegs in the world, and so they can look quite different. There are some in South America which have spines and bright colours. They sometimes hang out in big clumps all together in a daddy longlegs ball. And they don't like moving around. A daddy longlegs day is pretty boring. They sit in a little hiding spot all day, and then at night they come out and sit in a leaf all night. So weirdly, even though they have really long legs, they don't use them very much. They're just to impress females. Daddy longlegs aren't spiders. They're more closely related to scorpions. They don't make silk like spiders. They only have one pair of eyes, and their bodies are fused together. Now, some people say they're poisonous, but they can't bite you. Actually, that's not true. They don't have fangs and they can't make venom. Not venomous at all. The confusion might have come from the study in Australia, looking at daddy longlegs there. But in Australia, daddy longlegs are not the same as our daddy longlegs. What they call a daddy longlegs is a type of spider also called the cellar spider. There's also another creature that gets called a daddy longlegs, and that's the crane fly. Its name is very confusing indeed. They've been around for 400 million years. There's a fossil of one from Scotland that proves this amazing fact. We think that they split off from scorpions 435 million years ago. That's about 200 million years before dinosaurs even appeared. That's a very long time ago. Make sure you never pull off a daddy longlegs leg or a mummy longlegs leg if that's what you'd like to call them now. 
along with Octavia and I. Because if you pull off one of their legs, it will not grow back. So never do that. I hope that answers your question, Octavia, and thank you for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a lovely sunny week. A huge thank you to the wonderful Clarissa Walked for talking to us about refugees, why some people who lived in Afghanistan have become refugees, and what we can do to help. Remember to enter the competition to win a signed copy of Clarissa's book on all fronts for a grown-up in your life by sending me your piece of news as a report to molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Just use a grown-up's phone to record your news report. A big thank you to Matilda, Ben and Octavia for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and audio networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, just ask a grown-up to borrow their smartphone and record yourself saying your name, your age, a bit about yourself, ask me your question and send it to molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. I listen to them all and add them to my epic list of questions to answer as soon as I can. If you've sent in a question and I haven't answered it yet, you might find it in Everything Under the Sun, the book, as it's filled with 366 of your questions which you've sent into the podcast. So do pick up a copy in your local bookshop, library or online now. If you like the show, do rate and review it wherever you listen to the podcast. And if you have the book and like it, it really helps me if you write a review on Amazon or wherever you bought your book. So do that if you can. Thanks so much. And of course, tell all your friends to listen. Have a lovely week. And remember to send me a photo of you with your copy of Everything Under the Sun. Thank you and goodbye.